0: I'm Jeb Sharp, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, P.R.I. and WGBH Boston. This weekend marks three years since the earthquake in Haiti. The country and its people are still struggling to overcome the devastating blow. Jonathan Katz was the Associated Press reporter in Port-au-Prince the day the quake hit. Katz's new book is called The Big Truck That Went By because, he says, that's what the quake sounded like.
1: In that particular kind of quake, the sound is a very salient feature of it because you hear this rumble coming from the distance. And for a long time after, whenever I would hear any kind of rumbling, since there's so little time between when you hear that that first rumbling and that strike of afterward, um, it was very panicking. So even if a a generator uh, came on or, or frankly, if a big truck went by, I would often have that same kind of fear.
0: On January twelfth, two 2010, Katz was in his house, which doubled as the AP Bureau. He says the building essentially crumbled around him.
1: When I emerged from the house um, with, with my colleague, my friend uh, Evan Sanon, who was uh, on on the premises with me, we stopped and we looked up at this neighborhood that had been uh, behind our house before, an area called Mont Lazar and uh it was gone it'd been replaced basically by this uh dust cloud stretching from horizon to horizon and out of that cloud um and all around us uh, there was this uh, sound this this uh um screaming this kind of wailing um it's a very particular sound it's uh honestly something that uh, I've I've only ever heard in Haiti and and it's usually from uh, women um it's it's often the way that people react to uh, a a tragedy of of any scale you know the 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 death of a child it, it can be a, a horrific car accident um it's just this haunting wail of um of just incredible sadness uh that i i think i'll I'll probably spend the rest of my life actually trying to forget
0: you then go out to see what's happened and you have many scenes many memories many descriptions 3 years later Is there an overriding one? Is there a sensation? Is there a picture? Is there a person who stays with you the most?
1: I mean, the sensations of not being able to breathe, um, of uh, the dust cloud, you know, just sort of feeling uh, these these particles, you know, uh, uh, scratching our throat, scratching my throat, scratching my my lungs. There's a lot of really terrible stuff. It was was a horrible tragedy um, that was incredibly pervasive. It struck so hard and it struck so many people. It was so total. That everywhere you turned uh, that night and then when the sun came up the next morning, there was death everywhere and there was sadness everywhere. And, uh, and, and even though those are things that it, it's very important to note, um, don't define Haiti uh, forever. They, they define this tragedy. Um, if, if you're talking about the tragedy itself, yeah, the, those are unavoidable.
0: You write in the book that you were actually totally done with Haiti. You were, you were preparing to leave when the earthquake struck. And you decided to stay.
1: Look, clearly, as a journalist, um, I was now in the midst of a a major story. Um, It was a story that I knew. It was a place that I cared about. And, you know, I felt that it was really important to stay there and be a witness um, and uh, an investigator and and try to keep track of the reconstruction and and try to keep an eye on on the promises that were being made because there were very grandiose promises being made um, overseas to help rebuild the country. Um, and I felt a, I felt a responsibility and, uh, uh, and, and a desire to, um, to continue reporting there.
0: And finally, Jonathan, you said don't don't let the earthquake define Haiti. What do you most miss about Haiti?
1: Haiti is wrongly looked at from the outside um, as this place that is just a story of unbroken sadness and unbroken tragedy. Um, and even though tragedy is, is an important part of the country's recent past, um, and even though poverty, is an important thing to to grapple with um, in terms of understanding the country's present and future it's also important to understand that uh, even in the midst of these things you know people are having fun people are falling in love people are are uh, getting in fights over stupid things um, and living lives like people live lives anywhere else. And I think by telling fuller stories and uh, uh, you know complicating our narratives a little bit, and I'm, I'm hoping that some of what I was able to do in the book, um, that we can get a, a better uh, understanding of one another uh, and that ultimately uh, we can take a relationship writ large between um, you know large, powerful countries such as the United States and Haiti uh, and 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 other uh, vulnerable countries like it um, and really make something better in the future. I, I think there's there's always a lot of optimism because uh, the story's never over and there's always a chance to uh, start doing things better um, but we need to
0: start now. Jonathan, thank you Thank you. By the way, the full title of Jonathan Katz's book is The Big Truck That Went By, How the World Came to Haiti and Left a Disaster Behind. Katz writes extensively about the money promised to Haiti and where it all went. You can hear that part of our conversation at theworld.org.